Hi, I'm Ruth Shapira, and I'm so glad you chose to listen today. Welcome to this episode of Inner Judaism, a podcast where you can experience the spiritual beauty of Judaism and, importantly, the meaning it has for your own life. What have been some of the turning points in your life? Can you put yourself in that place or time when you were faced with a decision that instinctively you knew had consequences for the path your life would take? In this episode, we'll explore some of the meaning of the phrase in Judaism, choose life. And we'll look at that through an ancient tradition known as Musar. Not to worry, you don't need to know about Musar or even Judaism to benefit from this episode. So, please join me. Ready? First, as my listeners already know, it's important to prime your mind and your body to take in new information. So please find a comfortable place to sit where you won't be interrupted and turn off or tune out other distractions. Turn on that portion of your brain that's open to new ideas and new ways of thinking. So let's be in the present moment and just notice your breath. On the inhale and exhale, just do the simple thing of notice your chest rising and falling, recognizing your own breath and and the miracle of your own breath. Okay, I hope you're feeling a little bit more at peace right now. And so let's return to the idea of a turning point and what that have might have meant in your life. In Jewish terms, that point when you're asked to make a choice is called a bichira point. It's not just about making a decision, let's say between Okay, ordering that mocha coca latte with whipped cream or ordering it without whipped cream. Or about choosing whether you'll go on vacation to the Bahamas or Bermuda. When making those kinds of choices, something else might be at play. It could be your desire for sugar or your love of unspoiled beaches. Some of our choices might also reflect habit. Our habits might be behind some of the choices that we make every single day, like I want to try to do X, but it's new and I'm used to doing Y, so I'll do Y. But here we're talking about something more consequential. Judaism teaches that a a Bichira point is much weightier. It's about making a choice that has moral implications. Rabbi Eliyahu Dessler says, that free will is exercised and a valid choice made only on the borderline between the forces of good and the forces of evil within that person. So let's clarify. The force that is relevant in a Bechira point is either the Yetzer Hatov, the inclination that is within us to do the right thing or the good thing or the Yetzer Hara, the inclination in us that goes according to our habits or self-destructive behavior or things that aren't going to work out so well for us. 
Dr. Ben-Sion Zaratskin explains that point a lot more fully. He says, Bechira is not a theoretical concept that can be applied to any circumstance where a person can hypothetically choose between two options. As I said earlier, either the mochaccino latte or with whipped cream or not. Rather, it only applies to moral conflicts where the two opposing forces are of approximately equal strength. Then the person is aware of the internal conflict and then makes a conscious decision in one direction. When a person does something over which that, that person does not experience a conscious conflict, or if the compelling force on one side is significantly stronger than the other, the fact that he's theoretically able to decide either way does not qualify that act as an expression of Bechira. So just as Rav Dessler said, it's only in the borderline between two major things that the Bechira notion comes into play. In the Tikkun Midot curriculum, it says that we're in a Bechira point when we sense a struggle between what we know is the right thing to do and what we feel we want to do. Ideally, our feelings align with whatever's right, but until we reach a high level of spiritual growth, feelings are better taken as information and not as guides for action. So in other words, when we tend to give our impulses power over us, without taking the time to think through what might be the better course of action, we're not really taking the opportunity in that borderline space of going according to the Yetzir HaTov, to our best inclination. I think it was Rabbi David Aaron who put this so well for me. He said that what we experience in our lives can be compared to the three levels of our very souls, the nefesh, the ruach, and the neshama. I'm not gonna go into detail right now about all of those levels, but I think this will really clarify it. The nefesh, the baser soul, reflects a more instinctive way of operating. I mean, some people say it's the more animalistic soul. And the phrase that would be related to that is the nefesh wants to do what feels good, right? That's our pleasure point. That's what we want to, that's what comes into play when we want to enjoy ourselves. Do something because it feels good. I like it. I want to do it. I want to feel good. I deserve it. And the ruach is part of our soul that is reflective of our egos, which involves our personality and our traits. And you can think of this as the saying is that the ruach wants to do what looks good. The ruach is concerned about looking good to others. Do we have enough honor? Did that person pay enough attention to me? Did that person put me down? Did I get what's coming to me? All of that is ego, and that's the ruach part of our souls. The higher aspect of ourselves is called the neshama. That urges us instead to do what is good. That part of us that speaks to a higher value, a moral calling, a sense of what we know to be innately right, 
So here we have it. It's the nefesh that says, I want to do what feels good. It's the ruach that says, I want to do what looks good. And it's the neshama that urges us instead to do what is good. In the Torah, we're called upon to choose life. In Devarim, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, Hashem tells us, I call as witness against you today, the heavens and the earth, everything that exists, and I call to witness life and death, chayim v'mavet. I place before you, Hashem says, blessing and curse, bracha v'klala. So choose life in order that you may stay alive, you and those who will come after you. So it's really tempting to say, well, of course we're going to choose life. I don't want to die. I'm going to choose life. But, you know, the meaning actually goes a little bit beyond that. As humans, we have the gift of choice, of free will, to either go to our base instincts or to rise above them. We choose to live when we seek the best in us, not the worst. That's what it means to flourish in Judaism. The blessing for us is when we can function beyond our instincts, and the curse is when we're driven by them. In the teachings of Rabbi Menachem Nachum of Chernobyl, lived in the 18th century, he says that in this verse that I just read, it's the essence of choice, of Bechira. He asks, and how should a person choose good from evil if not through awareness? When a person has the awareness to distinguish between good and evil, then he can choose good and despise evil. So what Rabbi Menachem Nachum is talking about is being aware, is living in awareness, not doing things mindlessly, not going according to our baser instincts, but making a choice using the Bechira point in our lives. We won't experience spiritual growth if all we do is act on our previous experience and habits. Only when we challenge ourselves in the, in the ways described will we be able to raise ourselves higher. You can choose what your path will be. And that is what I wish for you. Thank you so much for listening and for involving yourself in the spiritual path of engagement, seeking out the deeper meaning Judaism has for you. Connect with me at any time. You can write to me at innerjudaism at gmail.com. And if you've liked what you heard, I hope you'll come by again. And please decide to rate this podcast so I'll know how I'm doing. Wishing you a glorious day and the ability to make this day better than yesterday.